On today's episode of The Bench Report, we will touch on some hot topics around the NBA. We'll also get into some headlines from the NFL this week. This episode is brought to you by ourselves, Nico and Sid. Let's get into it. That is. Because a lot of me, nigga. It's a family, not a gang. And not a gang. All right, welcome back to The Bench Report. Here we're going to talk about a couple things happening around the league. By league, we mean NBA. And uh, as we approach All-Star Weekend, there's a couple things we wanted to talk about. First of all, there is a new 65-game rule this year. Sid, do you want to touch a little bit on what that means? Yeah, so the NBA started a new rule. Um, You have to play 65 games to be considered for any major NBA awards. Um, And... What, what, what are your thoughts on this new rule and how it's affected? Because um, Joel Embiid has torn, partially torn his meniscus um, and will be getting surgery. Um, and that's a pretty big topic because up until now, he was a front runner for the MVP, but he will not be able to play 65 games because he'll be out because of this injury, um, which is why it's a pretty big topic now. So what, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, the rule has a couple big implications here. I mean, one of them being that Joel was already not healthy before he partially tore his meniscus. He was limping around. He obviously wasn't in the best shape. And one might say that this 65-game rule had, like forced him to play a little bit more. Uh, he might have sat out a game, prevented injury, and then he maybe wouldn't have gotten hurt against the Warriors had he tried to stick it out just so he can have some more accolades and hit that 65-game limit. Um, so that's really debatable. Does Joel not get hurt? Does do the Sixers make a bigger run in the playoffs? Do they think more championship window this year? There's a whole bunch of things that that affects. Um, do you have any thoughts on the on the Joel situation? So Philly? I'm I'm on the complete opposite side. Really? I I love this rule. I think that there's so many players around the league. For example, like even players like Kawhi Leonard, who are usually not frontrunners for MVP in some of those awards, um, you see an uptick in games. Um, a lot less load management. Um, and the biggest counter-argument to your point is in the last 30 years of MVPs, all of them have played more than 65 games except for three. Um, and that was Giannis in the COVID year, LeBron in the lock- lockout year, and Carmelo Malone in 1999, which was another lockout year. Um, so, I mean, if you just look at that, I-, I feel like the amount of games a player plays is already kind of subconsciously, like, um, it-, it it's already affected if they're um, awarded these awards or not. Um, and I think just having a set rule was um, really smart by Adam Silver. I, I do agree. I do think it's a good thing generally for the game. Um, I do think my previous point was that it's a shame that in Philadelphia their whole playoff regime this year might have been affected by this rule coming into play. Um, one thing that comes to the front of my mind is with uh, Tyrese Halliburton uh, currently being on a Supermax contract and the only he's as a is he four or five years in um, he doesn't hit the veteran minimum for the Supermax contracts yet meaning he can't make the limit to the amount of money he can make is 25% of the team's salary cap mm-hmm. unless he pre-qualifies for the veteran maximum which would push him up to 30% of the salary mm-hmm. cap which is about a seven million dollar year, year bonus the only way he can get this bonus is with an MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, or All-NBA season. These, these are the type of accolades that can make him that extra check, get the promotion, and he needs to hit 65 games to earn that check. So Halliburton's already missed 13 games. 
meaning he can't miss five more games and we still haven't even reached All-Star Weekend yet. So that's another thing to consider, like, does this really like affect the players' pockets like that? Because there's all sorts of other implications that go beyond just uh, who might be the MVP. But I mean, we saw like also, uh, who was it? Um, the guy with the autistic kids. Tony Snell. Tony Snell, yeah. Yes. He, uh, he, I mean, he needed to get signed to a roster, so he gets the 10-year uh, MBPA uh, health insurance benefits for his autistic children. Um, but I, I think those are all great points, but at the end of the day, your kind of argument is that the reason that this rule kind of sucks is that it affects the players for making more money, um, and it affects teams in the playoffs because their players are now injured. But if you think about it, this is more of an individual thing. An MVP is an individual thing, right? Um, and if your argument is, just specifically in the Joel Embiid case, is he's missing games now, he's going to be injured, that affects their playoff run. But if he just responsibly was taken out at the times that he was injured, he wouldn't be considered for the MVP, but they might be able to make more of a playoff push. Which is more internally in the organization, what do they want more? Do they want to chase an NBA title, or do they want Joel Embiid to win an MVP? Um, and I think that's where, um, that's one of the reasons that Adam Silver kind of made this rule relevant is because it kind of makes teams pick. Do they want their player to, their best player in their team to win all these individual awards, or do they want to go win a title? Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely something to think about, and it kind of, in some senses can make, I mean, injuries much more uh, impactful on the game of basketball than it is already. And then you get, uh, I mean, you might not have the most valuable player in the league winning mm -hmm. the MVP award, which is, I guess, the big thing that changes with it. But you never know. Like, the rules in basketball are always changing for the betterment of the sport. So I do, I do think it's a good rule. Yeah, um, um, and availability is your best ability. That's what uh, that's my high school coach point. always told us. Yeah. Um, really quick, before we get to our next topic, um, you know the last American to win the MVP and when that was? Harden. James Harden in 2017. Yeah. Which is almost seven years ago. And um, it doesn't look like another American will win it this year, which is kind of crazy, all these international talents. All right, moving into our next topic. Um, trade deadline is a couple days away. Um, and we're going to pick a couple teams to look at the trade deadline. What is your first team? One team I would like to take a closer look at is you got the Chicago Bulls, currently at the nine seed in the East, 23-27. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe they're four games back from the eight seed spot, so they're looking for a plan. Um, Zach Levine was just announced out for the year, which is a huge strike for them. I mean, their, their backcourt is going to have some issues, but there is some league-wide interest in Alex Caruso, apparently. Um, mm -hmm. And I saw some projections saying we could get up to two first-round picks for Caruso. Um, I don't know if you're the Chicago GM, if there's something there that you might want to consider dumping away some some current capital for your future and push your championship window because they're obviously not in one right now. Um, Bulls might be a team to keep an eye on. Do you, have, do you have a team? Yeah, well, really quick on the Bulls. I feel like the Bulls fan base is such slept on on such a sad fan base. They had Derrick Rose in 2010, 2011, and he just blew out his knee, and he was supposed to be the, the player of their future. Um, and I feel like since then, they've just been stuck in mediocrity. 
Yeah. Um, and that's the worst place to be. Coming from a personal perspective of being a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, that is the worst place to be as a fan. Um, and honestly, like, I if if Levine didn't get injured, I think they should have bottomed out this year for sure. Um, they could have gotten great value for Levine. Um, and they could have traded Caruso to a team that needs him. There's a lot of teams trying to make a playoff push. But if there's any year to not bottom out, it's this year. Um, this draft is historically one of the worst drafts of all time. True. Um, and if there's any year for a team to try to build more of a team and make a playoff push, this is the year, which gets into my next team, the Oklahoma City Thunder. They're hot. Um, they're hot. Right they're now. hot. Um, the Oklahoma City Thunder are playing amazing this year. Um, they are number one in the West, sitting at 34 and 15. Um, but I feel like they're one player away. Um, outside of Chet Holmgren, they have practically no size. And if there's, like I said, any year for a run, it's this year. Um, some names to look out for for them are Clint Capella, Nick's class, Nick Claxton, and Kelly Olynyk. Um, they have so much tr- trade um, capital and so much draft capital. Oh, yeah, the most. Yeah, they have That's the insane. most in the league. They just need to go out and get one, one of these question. guys. Those are three big men you named. Yeah. Do you think that that's where they're lacking depth. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, outside of Chad Holmgren, they have practically no size. So they definitely need to get some size in there. Okay. Um, what's your next team? I'm looking at the Hawks. I mean, not really the Hawks as a whole, but I mean, DeJounte Murray has been talked about getting traded, sent off, shipped off, whatever, for a little while now, actually. And it sounds like he's heard all the rumors as, I mean, he had back-to-back game winners a couple weeks ago. Um... The the guy can hoop, um, and I'm just really curious to see where he goes. I mean, the Lakers and Jazz are the only two teams to actually send in offers so far, um, and apparently um, Atlanta's GM did not like either of them, but uh, I guess as the trade deadline deadline closes in, I would love to see what happens there if if they get some really enticing uh, proposals for DeJounte. I'd like to see him flourish outside somewhere else but yeah and the Hawks are another one of those teams that could really make a push this year they're sitting at the 10th seed at 22 and 27 um and there's a pretty big gap between them and and the 11th seed and like I said mediocrity is the worst place to be why not just build your team up this year I mean they did also just beat Steph Curry's 60 point performance in overtime so they they can win some big games it's just a question of I mean, first of all, they they gotta they gotta get in the playoffs to, to make a push, but exactly. we'll see from there. Um, do you have another team to look at? Uh, yes. So my next team is the Toronto Raptors. Um, I know I just talked about not bottoming out, but this is a team that is obviously ready to bottom out. Traded away two of their best players in Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi, um, and they have a lot of assets that they can continue to move on for the uh, move on from. Their biggest being Bruce Brown. Uh, who could be a real contributor to uh, a championship team. So I think another team to look out for is the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, um, talking about Bruce Brown, I mean, there's, I've heard rumors with the Knicks being a suitor for them. I mean, he's a, he's a Tom Thibodeau's, like, dream archetype of a player. Um, but I've also heard that he might be, like, options B or C for the Knicks. Like, they might be going to go big or go home here. I mean, th- that's my next team I want to talk about as a New York Knicks, as a as a New York Knicks fan myself. Um, we are obviously cooking right now. Um, 15 of the last 18 wins. Um, looking good. This, this is, looks like a championship window. Uh, personally, I think that 
I'm not a fan of Julius Randle. I would be down to trade him at his peak and find some other superstar talent to help out Jalen Brunson. This guy puts the team on his back night in and night out, and eventually his back's got to crack. Like, um, the Lakers doubled him all the fourth quarter last night, and they didn't score for five minutes, and that set up, I think, 39 to 22 fourth quarter uh, deficit for the Knicks ended up dropping the game. First game in 10 games, actually, they lost. Um, I, I have a question about the Knicks really quick. Do you think that Jalen Brunson can be the best player on a championship winning team? I do. Who said, Charles Barkley said something like that, that he can't be? Yeah, who, but... Who is hating on that? I really do think I he can. I don't know who was hating, but I, I know that there's, there's plenty of players out there who are the best player on their team, but if you take a step back, they, they most likely can't be the best player on a championship team. Um, Julius Randle is, is one of those players who most likely cannot be the best player no. on a championship team. Um, but I was just wondering what your thoughts on Jalen Brunson are. I really do. I'm, I'm a believer in a more well-rounded team. I'm not a fan of you have – I mean, I'm not to say not a fan of it, but, I mean, obviously the archetype for a super – or the NBA Finals winning team has been superstar at the helm and then supporting cast. I kind of like a little bit more – like, you got a bunch of role players, they all know what to do, and I really think that if Brunson's your best player, you're not really going wrong there. I'd look at him as a superstar. I think he can get the job done, and he has been, as of lately, I mean, blowing out uh, the Nuggets, Milwaukee, Heat, beating some really good teams by really big margins. Um, we'll, see, we'll see how that goes, but I think they have a good push this year. So then the team you want to keep an eye on? Yeah, uh, my last team to, to look at is the Lakers. They are kind of, not in a tailspin, I would say, but they're definitely not living up to expectations. Right now they're sitting at the ninth seed in the West at 26-25. Um, coming off a big win yesterday against the Knicks, but I don't know. They, they need to make a move. They tried the Russell Westbrook experiment a couple years ago. didn't work. Tried the Patrick Beverly experiment. didn't work. Now this D'Angelo Russell experiment, it's it's time for him to go. I I personally think after being after watching LeBron for so long, I don't think he needs a ball dominant point guard with him. I mean, granted the 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 couple times he's won a championship in Miami and Cleveland, he did have a ball dominant point guard in Dwayne Wade and Kyrie Irving, but wow. I I don't know. I feel like his biggest asset is. When he has the ball in his hands. So you like? Do you like when the Lakers put LeBron at point guard? Because that's that's happened a bunch in the past couple of years. Do you think they're better off with LeBron being the facilitator and building around that? I I personally think so. I think that the best. Uh, this is also because I I remember watching the 2018 Cavs when literally none of those players are starting in the NBA right now, um, and LeBron literally put that team on his back. I I know that's he that's. Six years later, and he's definitely much older of a player, but I feel like the way you win with LeBron is you build your team around him. You put shooters, you put somebody who who can play defense, such as like an Austin Reeves, um, and you have a big out there like Anthony Davis. Um, and I don't know. I think that the more touches you give to LeBron, the more efficient your team is going to be. Um, a couple people I was looking at, um, Bruce Brown is a great, great option. Um, and they have D'Angelo Russell in this 2019, or 2029 first, not 2019. Um, and those are two great assets they can move on from together um, and maybe package it to get something something big, maybe like DeJounte Murray or something. 
But yeah. what are your thoughts on the Lakers? Well, I kind of – I mean, I don't know how LeBron's feeling himself, but at 30, 39 years old, I feel like 2018 LeBron is something of the past at this point. The guy is greatness. There's no debating that. I really just don't think that at this age it's realistic to think that you can make a championship run on the back of a 39-year-old, even if he is LeBron James. But I really like, uh, I think you mentioned DeJounte. I really feel like that's like a piece that could, I mean, then again, you're talking about a ball-dominant guy. I, I think that LeBron is better off in this at this point in his career working around somebody else facilitating the offense and him, him just getting buckets when he when he does and I think DeJounte would be a great piece to run at point guard LeBron you can play three or four as he did for a lot of the prime years of his career um personally I think that's the way to go I think DeJounte's a great fit with the Lakers they have some assets and he is done with the Hawks but I feel like that could make a big difference for them LeBron is averaging 25 and 8 um 25 points this season um seven rebounds and eight assists this season um, which are not too far off from his career averages. Um, oh, no, there's no question. Yeah, there's no question. LeBron is still... longevity. But, yes, I do agree. I think that LeBron does need more firepower, and the way the Lakers are structured right now, it's not going to cut it. Yeah, true. Um, let's see. Do you want to talk about biggest breakout player of the season so far? Uh, yeah, sure. So I, um, my biggest breakout player of the season so far is Shangun, who is... The big man of the Houston Rockets, um, Shingun this this year is averaging 21.7 points a game and 9.3 rebounds, which are up from 15 points a game last year. Uh, this this Rockets team has been better, um, and he has a lot to do with it. Um, wh- who is your breakout player this season so far? I'm going with Tyrese Maxey. That's pretty. I mean, it seems pretty obvious. Um, the yes. guy's averaging 26, 6, and 4 on good shooting clips. He's up 6 points, 3 rebounds, and an assist from last year. It's pretty big jump. Uh, looking like a most improved player right here. Yes, this he's the odds-on favorite. Yeah. With minus, 20, minus 226. Um, great. Yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a shoot. Oh, yeah. Um, got his first all-star nod. 51 points career high that night, I believe. Um Plus, I mean, Joel Embiid, as of today, I think he just had a procedure on his meniscus, so he'll be missing extended time. That gives Maxi even more of a runway if he didn't already have a green light already. So, I mean, I, I, he's easy, easily my breakout player of the year, and I think he only has more room to run from here. Um, yeah, I agree. Should we get um, into our next topic? Yeah. What is your hottest team of the season so far? Oh, man. I, I already mean, know. You, you know, I'm going to talk about it. Go, go for it. Go for it. I said, I said they won 15 of the last 18. They won nine straight before last night's loss against the Lakers. Um, then again, even the loss against the Lakers, they were missing three starters. They, I mean, they were really shorthanded against a very healthy Lakers team that also was shorthanded against the Celtics behind ARs. 32 points took them down. Um, but I really think that if they can get a little bit more help for Brunson, I don't see anybody stopping this team in the East. I mean, Celtics obviously are always going to be up there to take them down, but I don't know. Um, the Celtics are definitely still the team to beat in the East. Yeah, we, we, um, that's a, that's a delusional Knicks have. fan. Yeah. But 
I do agree. The this Knicks is, this are is our, on this a hot is our year. This is our year. I'm, I'm saying it now. I mean, if this is your year, nice. that, that that's a rough year because okay. I, I don't know. I still think the Celtics are far and away the best team. Well, I mean, as yeah. of 2024, it's been our best year since '92. Okay. So <laughs> okay. Yeah. <I laughs> the mean, month of January. Yeah, the month of January. In 2024, February. we're okay. looking real good. Okay. I mean, Brunson, different level. The guy is my MVP. I mean, he's getting MVP chance in Charlotte. Um, <laughs> I mean, Charlotte doesn't have a lot to cheer for, so I guess that's, um, they can cheer for their opposing point guards. But DiVincenzo's been picking up a lot of slack. He's quietly becoming one of the better shooters in the league, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, this year, I'm talking about 2024, mm-hmm. he's, he's hitting three and a half threes a game at a 40% clip. That's like, Is that that's in 2024 or yeah. in, okay. Well, I mean, yeah. In the last month? Got it. Okay. Last just, month. Just wanted to confirm. Is. Okay. Yeah. So, but really, this team has a lot of upside. Um, I'm personally still not a fan of Randall. Um, I think there's a lot of people in New York behind me on that, and a lot of people who back the guy. He's having a much better year than the previous. Um, but still, I really don't think that you win with Julius Randall as your number two guy because he thinks he's a number one guy. Um, that's that's completely fair. Yeah. Um, my hottest team right now is the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, since the Harden trade, they lo- they lost um, six straight. Um, but since then, they've won 24 of the last 29 games. They're the third seed in the West, sitting at 32 and 15. And honestly, I think the only thing that can beat them at this point until they reach the playoffs is themselves. Um, since November 14th, which is right around where their win streak started, they've outscored teams by 10.2 points per 100 possessions, um, excluding garbage time, which is pretty big. Yeah. Um, and they lead the NBA in offensive rating, um, and their average point differential per game is 6.4, um, which is, again, a pretty big margin. Um, and I don't know, There's, they're a pretty hot team right now. They are hot. Another team that you might want to mention is the Yeah, Cleveland. yeah, I'm getting there. They're looking there. hot, too. I, I didn't want to be a homer by starting off with them, but like the homer over here. But, <laughs> um, yeah, the Cavs are playing great. They won six straight. Um... They're 18-4 and four in their last 22 games. Um, the thing that concerns me as a Cavs fan is that Garland and Mobley were out for most of that, which almost makes me feel like they're a better team when just Donovan Mitchell is touching the ball. Um, when you're splitting touches between Garland and Donovan Mitchell, I don't, I don't know. It can get a little dicey out there, especially late in games. But, I mean, I guess we'll have to see. But, yeah, as a Cavs fan, I'm not as happy as, as I should be that they're – playing this well just because they missed two of their best players. True. I mean, they look good, and I would love, I mean, as a Knicks fan, I would love to see another repeat in the playoffs. Oh, I would love but to see that. that I would, would be love really to see it. Maybe in the second, third round. We'll Freaking Mitchell Robinson, man. Yeah. Okay, another question. Where do you think LeBron James ends up next year? There's Oof. obviously a lot of talk right now. My favorite uh, topic. The yearly Waiting LeBron, for this one. Uh, what are they called? It's always the the yearly LeBron. Oh, I'm gonna drum up the media in late January and make everybody question my future. Um, Post an hourglass on his Twitter, making everybody think about like what's he doing? Then he talks about how he wanted to join the Knicks at one point in his career, (laughs) Um, and then he's like, oh, I I don't know if I'm gonna sign my extension, which is all normal LeBron behavior. Can can we can we be honest? Yeah. Um, So. Where, yeah, sorry, in in reality, where do you think this goes? Okay, so here are my thoughts. Um, LeBron's contract is up at the end of this year, um, and his son, Bronny, is at USC in his freshman year. 
Um, Bronny may or may not declare for the draft, but I think that if this Lakers team continues on the way that they're continuing, LeBron being the daddy is might might push Bronny a year early to declare for the draft. Um, because he, LeBron's thing was his his thing has always been that he wants to play with his son, um, and retire after playing with his son. Yeah. Um, and who knows how long LeBron can keep this up? He's obviously not slowing down. Yeah, yet. obviously, but I I just I think his time in LA is coming to an end. But I don't think he leaves LA until his son declares for the draft. So I think there's a couple things that can happen. I think he either picks up a one year deal with the Lakers, which once again I don't think will happen. Um, just because um, this Lakers team doesn't seem to have a, a big future in the foreseeable future, um, which obviously means that wherever Bronny gets drafted, that's where he's going to end up. Um, but like I mentioned earlier, this has been one of the worst drafts in NBA history. It's projected to be. Um, so if I was a GM of a team, I, why wouldn't I draft Bronny? You get you get LeBron James, even if even if he's not... You get LeBron the LeBron James. he was a couple years ago. You get 41-year-old LeBron James for a year if you draft LeBron James Jr. Okay. There's something to it. I get there, it. There is something to it. You but sell a lot of jerseys. You sell a lot of jerseys. You, you get people in your stands. Your ticket sales go up. Your revenue in your city goes up. I'll never forget when LeBron left Cleveland... I remember reading the stat that billions of dollars left with him, and oh, yeah. all of these businesses LeBron had is, to close. LeBron is a mini economy in, in and of himself. Yeah, he's almost like a Taylor Swift. I don't know if, if I'm a GM. I don't know if I'm thinking that way, but if the owner, I mean, if I'm an owner, I'm definitely trying to egg on for to draft exactly. A bit. So There's a lot of money to be had. I, I think that basketball-wise and career-wise for LeBron, the teams that would make sense for him to go to are the Cleveland Cavaliers or the Miami Heat. Basketball-wise and career-wise. Finishes it where he start, started it, or finishes it back in, in South Beach like he, he left us for all those years ago. But what Cleveland needs is a veteran forward who kind of knows what he's doing and can distribute the ball, which is which the role like that LeBron could step into. Step back into. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or step back into, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. This Cavs GM is kind of psycho. I could see him spending a first round pick on on Brody. Um, but what are your thoughts? I don't. Man, I. I mean, obviously, I don't. Rich Paul came out and said that LeBron's not getting traded this year. As frustrated as he may be with the Lakers, um, with that organization, maybe fed up, whatever. Um, for your agent to come out and say you're deliberately that you're not being traded says something so i think he does at least finish the the year in la yeah that, um, that's without a doubt for I mean, sure building a hundred million dollar mansion in beverly hills there's you gotta you gotta think about these little things outside of it yeah uh la is a post career as a place to build up a business and a brand i mean that's a great place to attach yourself to um you've got i mean your son would if the lakers did keep lebron and wanted brownies you'd have homegrown talent there um I mean, I really don't see a world in which he ends up not on the Lakers, at least by the end of this year. But from there, I, I mean, I, I kind of like what you're talking about with the Cavs. But um, personally, I feel like New York, if you're looking for another place to build a business. Um, oh, here we go again. The he does talk Knicks about fan. the Mecca as his favorite oh, away man. arena to play in. But that's just uh, me and Stephen A. Smith will talk about that one. But, yeah. Let's see. I mean, but but do you agree wherever Brody goes is where he's gonna go? 
probably. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it's looking like. And, and do the Lakers even have a first-round pick this year? I don't, I don't think so. Um, Lake, yeah, because um, th- they've traded so many picks away because of um, the GM. Um, uh, they they don't have their twenty twenty four draft pick. It is in the hand of the New Orleans Pelicans. That's something to think about. Um, Another thing to think about: we got the All Star Game coming up soon in Indy. Yep. Um, Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think Steph versus Sabrina is a great, great way to drum up some um, action, especially for the WNBA. First um, ever NBA versus WNBA three-point contest. Yes, and also, like, I, I want to watch that. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's going to be a great, 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 great segment to watch. Yeah, I mean, I think there's something to be said about how great this will be for the women's game of basketball. It's on the rise, obviously. I mean, college women's basketball, I've been watching a fair amount of that, actually. Caitlin Clark is the future. Caitlin Clark. Um, You've got – it's really heating up. Um, Juju Watkins in in, uh, USC. She's dropping 51 last week. Oh, yeah. Um, There is – I wonder – I mean, the average misogynist NBA fan might have a caveat, even if Sabrina stays close, that she's shooting with a WNBA ball – from a WNBA three-point line, but... Oh, she said she's shooting from the NBA three-point line. She said that. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, the rules, I mean, she she can do that if she wants. That would, that would make a statement. Like, not even if she... She doesn't even have to beat Curry. But as she, long as she, she doesn't lose close, by double digits, I think that that's a win. That's a win for, her for women's for basketball. The, um, the game, the, all the All-Star games, uh, they're going to be held at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, which is where the, the Colts play in the NFL. Um, which is really interesting as it's a, it's a football stadium. They're going to use 35,000 seats um, for this All-Star game, which is a whole lot comparing to your average basketball arena. Um, they're only going to be using the south side of the stadium, though. Um, the other side will be used for con- uh, concerts and performances mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, but overall, it's going to be great for the city of Indianapolis. We saw yeah. they have a they have a little promotional basketball court at the airport. A um, lot of disappointed people going traveling to Indy with basketballs just oh, to man. find could, the, could, the could rims you, capped with glass. But could you imagine like if there was an actual basketball court that worked in an airport? You just like it's a lot put, you play some pickup before <laughs> your flight, <laughs> and then you leave for your flight. Yeah. You're on your flight, all sweaty. Your knees are hurting. Oh, that, that'd be such a great flight. Yeah. I'd love to sit next to that guy on the flight. Oh, totally. Um, one thing I want to mention real quick again is uh, talking about <laughs> Over the, topic. the All-Star Game rosters. Jalen Brunson being snubbed from an All-Star starter spot. I mean, and Damian Lillard got it. I mean, they're very similar. Brunson's obviously doing a lot more for his team. Dame has a Giannis with him. Uh, Brunson, they're, they're similar Stats-wise, like production-wise, I mean, Brunson's technically putting up more in almost every category on much better efficiencies and still went to Dame. That just shows how much name and brands play into who's going to watch what on All-Star Weekend. But then there's another question to be brought up about is the game even worth being played? I mean, I only watch the... The, the skills competitions at this point. I mean, I want to see Wemby doing the, the skills competitions. That sounds like yeah. more entertaining to me than watching uh, these guys just play pickup basketball and, on, on a big stage. But what do, you, what do you think about that? Really quick, back to um, the Brunson topic you were talking about. Um, I, I think that the All-Star game is such... It's so subjective. 
Um, I mean, if you look at the starters in the East, especially the guards, we have Halliburton and Dame. I think Halliburton definitely deserves the nod. But there's been such good guard play this year, sp- specifically in the East. Um, Damian Lillard obviously got the nod, but like you were talking about Jalen Brunson averaging 27 a game, which is right around what Damian Lillard's averaging. But Donovan Mitchell, too, he's having a great, great season, averaging 28, 28 a game. Um, so I don't know. I just feel like with picking the starters, it's so tough. And I think that is just a good gauge, like at least for the future. Like when you look at someone's career or you look at the way they played. If you look at just any anybody in any All-Star game five, five, ten years later, it's just a good gauge of how they were at the middle of the season. Um, but, but like you were talking about, is the game worth being played anymore? I do agree that um, I, I only watch the skills competition and the three-point competition. Um, I will be tuning into the three-point contest this year. Yes. That yeah. Sabrina. That's, that's going to make history. 100%. Um, but I don't know. Uh, recent years, they changed the rule. Is that rule still the same where they play almost like the Kobe style where um, the team has to either score 24 or... Do you, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, oh, do you mean the target score to end the game? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that actually came from... Kobe, uh, right? The, no, the target score to end the game. Um, uh, isn't it 24 of whatever... That was that was they did that the year Kobe died. Oh, okay. Since then, they have a formula that calculates a target score to end the game at, which came from uh, I forget the guy's name, but he was the coordinator for TBT, the basketball tournament, um, which eventually I, got adapted Cube? to the what? Or wasn't Ice Cube involved with the TBT? Maybe. I, I don't. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> Um, it got adapted from a smaller tournament, and the players love it. And I think it's great for the game. I mean, if you want to keep the players happy, um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, All Star Game's coming up. Should we talk about our bench play of the week for the bench report? I mean, yeah, it sure. Feels like we can't miss I'll, that. I'll um, I'll get into it. So our our bench play of the week um, comes from the basketball game, uh, men's basketball game. Cleveland State against Oakland. Um, Oakland was up four, uh, 61 to 42 with 12 minutes left in the second half. Uh, a Cleveland State player was going to take free throws, and Oakland students decided to give someone in the student section a buzz cut. Completely unreal. The player went one for two from the free throw. But that is our bench player of the week. Even though it's bench play of the week, even though next to the came. bench. He was close to the he bench. Close, close enough. enough to we'll the call bench. that that. Um, thank Wait. you for tuning in. Yeah. And thanks for tuning in. We'll and catch we'll you catch soon. you in the next one. All right.